0: Welcome to the Bodies by Brent podcast, the podcast that helps you get the fitness, health and lifestyle you desire. On this week's episode we have Giovanna Medoza. She was on the very first episode I filmed in studio. She is a fitness influencer. Her last story we went from raw vegan to her transformation to eating meat and now I had her back on to share her journey of pregnancy. Raw, unfiltered, she shares everything and I had this idea for this episode because i've been training a lot of pregnant women and i'm around a lot of moms and in seattle funny enough i wasn't really exposed to a lot of that and so i've just been becoming extremely curious about a woman's experience going through pregnancy because all the things i've been learning through training pregnant women it's just it's it's intense it's it's truly amazing all the mental emotional and physical things that go on and even in this story here, we probably didn't even touch all that we could. There's probably so much more that is happening that, you know, it would just take days to explain. So on this episode, Yovana is very raw. She shares about her experience with her miscarriage, her 30-hour labor, how this experience was transformational in a very spiritual and mental way. Also, the benefits of eating placenta and what it was like returning to her fitness and workout routine post-pregnancy. So if you are thinking about getting pregnant, if you are pregnant, if you've had kids, I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. And if you're a guy, I think you should also listen to this episode because it is a wild journey. And you will have a deeper, more profound, empathetic respect for women, It's uh, especially women who have multiple kids. Just one pregnancy seems like. Damn, that is a couple years sacrificing your body and your life, really. So guys, please leave this podcast a five-star written review. It helps out so much. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I thank you f- for being here. Ivana, welcome back to the studio. I think last time you were on, you announced you were pregnant, and now you're four months past being pregnant
1: yes right
0: <laughs> and so i wanted to have uh, you back because i've been training so many pregnant ladies mm-hmm. and, and i've never talking to them about their experiences is like very interesting but when you're training you don't get to really dive too much into it and you know i'm getting to that age where it's like has a little bit of my curiosity you know to be with somebody and have a kid so you know i think it's an exploration i think it's also a good opportunity for people or women who are like getting ready to like someone fresh after mm-hmm. to really kind of give their experience and, you know, your tips and all of that. Right? Yeah. So tell me about, first, why did you want to become a mom?
1: Why did I want to become a mom? So I feel like ever since I got married, that's when I, the 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 idea of having kids became more of a reality or a, a real thought or something that I really wanted. Like I feel like before that I didn't really think about it and I was also younger too so once we got married we always said okay we'll wait at least a year after getting married and then we'll we'll try to have kids like try to have a family and I think the reason why I wanted it is just I wanted to experience that love mm. that love that everyone talks about like okay like it's 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 like unlike anything else and you really don't know how it feels until you experience it yourself so I always knew that I wanted to have that experience, and yeah.
0: I had a client tell me giving birth or having a child is transformational, mm-hmm. and I never thought about it until she said it that way, and I was like, yeah, it probably is one of the most, like, the most or one of the most transformational experiences you could possibly have, and you know, and if I was a woman, I'd be like, yeah, I, I want, I want, a, I want that experience. <laughs> so it oh, makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with?
1: for sure 100% yeah and once i got to 30 i feel like it was like my my um what do you call it the, my my ovaries my clock of hey it's time to have kids
0: what <laughs> um, is that feeling cuz i i don't have i have no idea I,
1: for me it was a feeling of wanting to slow down mm. that was part of it and really embracing just family and yeah, I think slowing down embracing family and and wanting that like that desire of taking care of another human was like really strong now, and I felt very ready for it. I felt like okay i've I've done it i've not I've done it all, but I've traveled a lot, I've built a career, my twenties worked a ton. And now I'm just ready for, for the next stage. I'm ready for the next chapter because your life completely changes when you have kids and it's never really going to go back to the way it was before. You're not going to, you're not, you're not the same person. And I was ready for that
0: too. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? And I want to talk about like how it changed you later, but what did you do when you decided, okay, I'm ready to start wanting to get pregnant? Was there, you know, what was the preparation like setting up were there certain doctors you decided to start aligning yourself with? Did your diet start to change? You know, what were kind of like your preparation and like planning process?
1: So the first time I got pregnant, I didn't really plan it at all. I just got pregnant. It was kind of an accident. Okay. And this was around May 2020. Mm-hmm. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was like surprised, I was excited, but at the same time, I didn't feel like 100% ready just because it wasn't really planned. It was just kind of like, oh, it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think at the time, I wasn't really in the mindset of I'm going to prepare my body for pregnancy. At the time, I was doing a lot of intermittent fasting. I was working out a lot like normally I do, but I feel like my diet wasn't really in preparation mode for pregnancy or to conceive or to hold a pregnancy. And um unfortunately I, I lost that baby after three months. There could be many reasons. I never had an ultrasound, so I never really knew if the baby even had a heartbeat or like anything, right? But once that happened, it like I lost the baby, it made me really want a baby. I was like, okay, now I'm like really ready to get pregnant. So I basically let my body rest for 3 months and in the meantime I began to do a little bit of research on what things to do, what what are what were some of the things that I could change in my lifestyle to prepare my body to get pregnant. So, some of the things that I started doing is looking at my stress. I started to lower the intensity of my workouts a little bit. I stopped intermittent fasting. So, those are like some things that I started doing right off the bat. And then, once I was serious about trying to get pregnant, that's when I saw a naturopath doctor in Orange County. And I basically went to get my blood work. He did blood work from, uh, so he drew blood three times during my menstrual cycle to see how my hormones performed during my whole cycle to see if I had any, any deficiencies or imbalances. And then once I got the results, that's when he kind of gave me a protocol. And during this time of getting my blood work done and everything, I was quote unquote, we were trying to have a baby, but it wasn't really happening. So three months went by and then nothing. And then four months went by and nothing. And then that's when I had the consultation with him. Like he had all the results and he gave me a protocol. So basically at the time my thyroid was low, my T3 was a little bit low. So he gave me um, thyroid medication, which is basically desiccated thyroid from a pig, um, I had some hormone imbalances, so he gave me some su- some supplements for that. And then he gave me like a diet to follow, which was basically removing all common food allergens just for a period of time to see if.
0: Mostly like what? Dairy eggs?
1: Dairy eggs. I think it was peanuts, soy, um, gluten, I think. Yeah, just the common allergens. Um, I, I think. Yeah, those are those are some of the ones that I remember. And basically, he told me to follow a high protein, high fat uh, diet, and to reduce the amount of carbohydrates not not completely, but just reduce grains intake and uh, sugar intake, and just like focus my my diet on protein, fat, and veggies. Nice. Yes. What was
0: your diet like then? Like typical day of eating, and why did he uh, suggest that?
1: So I followed a a, a very primarily plant based. I don't want to see. I don't want to say vegan or vegetarian. Plant based because I would have a lot of meals that were basically vegan, mm-hmm. and I ate fish and eggs here and there. But I wasn't really into like chicken or meat or cooking with butter or any any like that anything like that. So the change that I made was that I basically started including protein in every meal and every snack that I ate. Mm-hmm. Which was a big change for me. So that was one of the biggest things. And then I started cooking with butter instead of avocado oil.
0: What's the idea behind adding more protein and then the butter and ghee?
1: Well, because fat is really important to um, not only conceive, but to be able to sustain a pregnancy. And also when you're pregnant, you need more protein so that was another factor as well and uh fat is great for balancing hormones and just having create it creates just a good environment in your body to um for fertility and to sustain a pregnancy as well so that was the main reasons and yeah
0: was it pretty easy once you kind of made these changes to get pregnant
1: yeah, yeah, actually, I got so basically, uh, basically, he gave me this protocol. And he's like, okay, I want you to stop trying to get pregnant, like, do this for three to six months. And then in, you know, three to six months, try again, but like, don't try right now. So then we got pregnant like that week, <laughs> I got pregnant that week. That's awesome. Yeah, I so know. So next
0: time, if you want to have another kid, you just do the same thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. I
1: think the biggest thing was that I relaxed about it and I wasn't, we weren't trying. So I think that is a huge factor, like just relaxing and not thinking about like, oh my gosh, is, you know, I'm ovulating this, these days out of the month, like we have to do it then and and then checking and yeah. So so I, it was really unexpected. Like when my period didn't come weeks after that, like what? I was like, wait, what's wrong? And then like two days passed and then three days passed. And then that's when I did a pregnancy test. And then I was pregnant. At the beginning, I was a little worried because I was like, oh, shoot, like I'm not really balanced. Like my thyroid is, well, I had been taking the thyroid for for a while now, for like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But my doctor was like, yeah, it's great. Just continue doing what you're doing and and don't stress about it. Like think positively and... And, and I just focused on eating really good and resting when pos- like whenever I needed to rest and just taking it easy.
0: I love that. Yeah. So what was it like finding out and who was the person you were most excited to tell?
1: Dorian was the first, was the most, was, was the one I was most excited to tell. Yeah. Um. And it was, it was just unexpected like i did not expect it at all but i was happy um and i felt ready and dorian was really happy too and we didn't we didn't tell anyone for like three months so we just kept it to ourselves i
0: think it'd be tough yeah
1: yeah it was it was tough yeah because we our our family came to visit we didn't tell them
0: did your mom or sister ever like no get a clue or no try to ask anything no or, no
1: no they were just like they they all thought like oh they're gonna probably start trying in a couple like they all knew what was going on with like my doctor and everything so they all knew that right now we weren't trying or that's what they thought mm-hmm. so no they didn't like when i told them they they didn't expect it at all <laughs>
0: That was probably so fun, too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, we they came to Austin, and it was Mother's Day, and I put a tripod with the camera, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna put the timer. We're gonna take a photo," and I was recording. And then I told him, or Dorian said, like Joanna's pregnant, and everyone was so happy. And that's—I feel like it became a little more real once we started to tell people.
0: Yeah, it's out in the world now. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, I love <laughs> it that. Became a- so. The first trimester. Walk. Walk me through. You know what your experience was like. You know, did you keep on that same diet? Did your training change at all?
1: So um, I actually began to add a little bit more carbohydrates, just because that was basically. Every anything, I, everything, anything I really craved, mm. because I was getting b- bad nausea and just wasn't really craving eating at all. Okay. So the first trimester, I ate like a lot of sweet potatoes and potatoes. I was still eating protein and fat, but it was just harder to eat that and veggies too. So, um, I used to run. I haven't, I haven't gone back to running yet. So around week eight was when I stopped running just because I, I noticed that I started I was getting very tired when I went out to run and okay. I was really making it a point to listen to my body. So if something didn't feel right and it fell off, I would stop or change it um or slow down or things like this. Um I was resting a lot because I felt really tired. So thankfully I was able to sleep in a lot. During the first trimester, I was still working out, but just taking it a little bit more easy. And I, yeah, I was just making sure I was eating right. Like I wasn't going i always thought like oh once i get pregnant i'm gonna eat whatever i want but i wasn't really craving like any of the junk you know
0: did you ever have a craving like a specific craving
1: i did and i never had it no i was craving in and out but i could never went and did i never went and
0: no isn't there is an in and out here there is there is you just never did it no
1: i couldn't bring myself to do it
0: wow you discipline. that's impressive just
1: because it's like not grass-fed and now i i don't know once you know mm-hmm. the truth it's hard i don't know for at least for me
0: yeah no so, other no like pickles or ice cream or mm, random things not that really
1: was it. yeah i guess at the beginning i, I craved french fries primarily for the re- because i wasn't really i wasn't eating that well because it was hard to eat mm. so i feel like because of that i was craving that more um so i would go like once a week to get like french fries that like what is it? Holy, holy cow. Oh, Holly cow. I, I been I don't know. There it's yet. like grass fed burgers.
0: Super, super yeah. good.
1: Yeah, they're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were the did you start to notice any like mental, emotional or physical changes start to happen? No, it's pretty early on, mm. but not too much.
1: Mental, emotional. I mean, I guess the biggest thing was because since I had 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 a miscarriage already Mm -hmm. for me, it was really important to just stay very positive about the pregnancy and just have thoughts that everything's going right. And like my baby's healthy and I'm healthy and my body's healthy. Um, So that was the biggest thing I think mentally to like, not let myself go into these thoughts of like, what if this happens or what if that happens like anxiety? So just staying like very positive about the pregnancy and yeah, like, My body was kind of starting to change a little bit, but not too much. Um, But I felt fine about that. It was, yeah, mostly just I was really, I I felt, I feel like I love being pregnant and I really embraced it since the beginning and like really enjoyed it. So
0: that's awesome. And then moving into the second trimester, Mm -hmm. I imagine you're really starting to feel changes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's when I saw like started to get like a little bump and I was I feel like the second trimester is the best trimester because I wasn't feeling nauseous anymore. I was feeling energized again and the sweet spot. Yeah, the sweet spot. It felt like I felt really good. So I had like energy to work out all the time and How often and do were you everything, working out and doing all that. Like 5 times a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, five times a week approximately. And
0: still eating the same and you know,
1: I was working out with you. Yeah, yeah. So I would go two times at first I was going three times a week, I think. I think yeah, so, yeah. Three and then two. Yeah. And then I would do Pilates or cardio, like the elliptical, um, things like this. So I would yeah, and walk every day. I'd walk every day.
0: So how important I do you think it is active to be in shape before you get pregnant?
1: Honestly, for me, I feel like it was it was really easy to stay consistent with my workouts Mm -hmm. and I feel like now that I'm not pregnant anymore it's helped me it's helped my body to just get back to where it was or I mean I'm not where where you where, where I was before I got pregnant but like I don't feel like too out of shape so I think like it's worth it for the postpartum period But even for the pregnancy, like, I feel like I had a really easy pregnancy and I felt good. I felt pretty light and like I felt just energized. And I think it's because of the lifestyle that I had prior to getting pregnant that I was able to continue during my pregnancy. So, yes, I felt a little bloated. Yes, I felt tired, a little tired here and there. But I I craved um, working out. You know so I feel like even through my pregnancy I was able to stay pretty fit that's the great. whole time yeah and with
0: your naturopath did you check in how often would you check in and
1: no well yeah at the beginning I would I would check in with him like every month so basically he'd ask me like how are you feeling and how's everything and I'd just tell him like I'm good so um he did change some of the some of the supplements that I was taking what were you would um, you start
0: with and would you change to
1: so um I was taking this supplement um, for PCOS at the beginning. So PCOS is like, what does it stand for? It's polycystic, polycystic uh, ovarian. Um, cys. Cys, cys, yeah. So I had a little bit of that um before getting pregnant. So he took that off, but I was taking prenatals, vitamin E, vitamin B, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, mm. and... That's it, yeah. And then, what did you switch to? So, and then I was taking the PCOS, and then I was taking this other herb called Shatavari. That's like a helps with hormone balancing. Well, cool. Yeah. So I, the only thing I took off with it was the Shatavari and the PCOS. So every I I continue taking the rest throughout my whole pregnancy,
0: all the way till the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even now, I still take quite a few of those.
0: Yeah. What's your doctor's name? If anybody is curious, he's
1: important. actually passed away. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. I know. Yeah, he passed away like two months ago. Yeah.
0: Have you found a potentially new person? I have
1: not found one. I'm looking for one, uh, ideally here in Austin. So
0: I'll be on the lookout if I find somebody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. My yeah. sister is too. And I think it's a good resource for people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that I'm past like the third, tri- fourth trimester, which that's what they call it after you have a baby, oh. it's the fourth trimester.
0: It's like the after.
1: Yeah. So now yeah. it's like a good time to get my, my hormones checked and everything because at the beginning, you don't want to get it like too too um, close to giving birth because your hormones are all over the place still. So it's best to get it after the, the three months, the first three months.
0: What do you think is a good, you know, type of doctor or qualities or a person you should look for in a good mm-hmm. doctor uh, when you're trying to be pregnant?
1: I think someone who's open to alternative ways of healing or letting your body heal because, yeah, just I wouldn't feel comfortable going to like a doctor who just uses Western medicine. I feel like our bodies are designed perfectly if we're in the right environment and we just take the right herbs, our bodies can heal naturally. So I like looking for a doctor who will help me do that instead of just giving me something artificial to take and like use as a band-aid, I really feel like get finding a doctor who will get to the root of the problem and heal that is is really important. but also like the doctor that I was going to was integrative medicine so he was also open to Western medicine if it was needed yeah. so not close to that I think that was like that's always what I look for.
0: and you had more of a holistic birth plan as well, right Yeah. Mm-hmm. what what was yeah. that plan
1: so my plan was to do a home birth and I had a midwife I had a doula and yeah I prepared for it the whole thing just like doing it at home and that was the big thing during my pregnancy I really educated myself on how to have a natural birth and how to breathe during contractions and prepare myself mentally and emotionally and all of this. So that was really fun. And Dorian and I took birthing classes because cool. he was, he was pretty involved in my birth and, and pregnancy as well. But like, he was very, he was like my other doula, you know, he, he helped me a lot. And, and that was the plan. <laughs> I didn't go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What did happen?
1: So, um, I got to the third trimester. I'm gonna talk a little bit about that, which actually went pretty well for me too um
0: so n- from the second to third did yeah. m- much change or
1: I just felt very pregnant like at the at, when you get to the third trimester, you know you're at the third trimester because you start feeling very pregnant, like you look very pregnant, you feel very pregnant it's hard to sleep, it's hard to move around much, like it's hard to even eat because you don't have a lot of space in your stomach. Yeah, I feel like basically. everything just gets scrunched up in there. And I feel like you got like this nesting syndrome where you want to get everything ready in your house and it just starts to become like very real. You feel the baby a lot, moving all the time, got a little more tired, slow. got a little slower, you know, just everything starts to, to change a lot, yeah.
0: Are there particular things you would do or you would be around that would make the baby kick? I'm always curious about that.
1: Um, thinking. I mean, we always played the singing bowl for her when nice. she was in my in my stomach.
0: Would you lay it on your belly? You
1: like very close. Yeah, very close. Yeah, and then she would start moving when we did that. Oh, I love. That. And then you find that like the baby moves at certain times of the day. So for me, it was she would move a lot around 3 4 a.m. so she'd wake me up and then i would i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to go back to sleep like she would just be moving a ton in there. Yeah, just wow. is is a wild feeling. It's pretty cool.
0: Looking back on that third trimester is there anything you would change?
1: I think now knowing what i know like now that i have the baby the only, the thing that i would change is to relax a little more like i feel like i was really into preparing and researching and reading and like hearing all the podcasts and like going to the chiropractor every single week going to acupuncture every single week like i was very like adamant about doing all the things and i think i would have if i just relaxed a little more it would have been better. And then also just now because breastfeeding has been a whole issue for me. I feel like if I like preparing a little more for postpartum or like at least knowing about like postpartum or breastfeeding, these kinds of things that I didn't really prepare for Mm. when I was pregnant because I was so focused on the birth. So, Number one would be just relaxing and just kind of, yes, doing the research, getting educated, but also just letting your body do its thing. Wow. Yeah.
0: Take me to the day you went into labor.
1: So basically what happened, so since I loved being pregnant, and I guess my baby loved being inside of me too. I think too, I remember you
0: telling me, you were like, do, and then it just kept going and going yeah. and going. So the
1: due day is also like, it's never... It's, you're never going to have the baby on that day. It's an estimate. Yeah, so yeah. it's an estimate of when you may have the baby. It can be two weeks before, two weeks after, basically. Anywhere in between. So my due date was November 8th. And usually for first-time moms, it's very normal to go 10 days past your due date. So my due date came and went. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a first-time mom. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty normal. And... And then 10 days later came and I was still pregnant. And so by the time I was 41 weeks, I was like, okay, you know, your due date, your due date is normally at 40, at 40 weeks. So I was 41 weeks and that's when I started to do all the things to induce my labor naturally, like taking tons of raspberry, drinking lots of raspberry leaf tea, taking baths, going on walks every day, like. Taking herbs, like I was doing everything, and I wasn't really having contractions or and and I feel like, like mentally now looking back, like yes, I wanted the baby to be born, but I I don't know if I was completely ready. I, like I felt ready to not be pregnant at forty one weeks, which is a lot. Like I feel like when I reached forty weeks, I was still like, oh, like I'm chill, like I I'm okay. Like yes, I I don't want to be like I want to meet my baby but I wasn't like oh my gosh I can't stand this anymore and most women when they reach 37 38 weeks they're like they can't stand it anymore so that was like another or like another I guess um just now looking back like well I'll I'll continue the story so basically I I got to 42 weeks and my midwife came to my house that day I took castor oil in the morning so castor oil is like the most potent thing you can do to induce labor naturally, and it works like sixty percent of the time. You drink it if your body is ready. Yeah, you drink it with orange juice and almond butter. So I took the whole bottle, and wow. it like d- it did nothing for me. Like I didn't even have one contraction. It's supposed to give you diarrhea. It didn't really even give me diarrhea nothing okay so my midwife came that day and she's like okay i'm gonna sweep your membranes." so that's another natural quote-unquote way to induce labor but i wasn't like dilated at all so that's when my midwife was like okay i don't really deliver babies past 42 weeks just because it's like a it's i guess part of a protocol and she's liable if anything you know goes wrong or anything so that's when she transferred care she was like i need i'm gonna need to transfer care to the hospital to saint david's because now um yeah i can't basically deliver a baby and this was a monday and she was like yeah i recommend that you go the sooner the better you go because if you get there too late they're going to treat you more as an emergency and they're going to want to go straight into like a C-section or something. So then I, I had two days before I turned 42 weeks, I had an ultrasound and everything was good. Like the baby was measuring normal size. Like she wasn't too big. I had plenty of amniotic fluid, which is one of the reasons why people get or doctors may get worried if you if you're going too far because you're, you don't have as much fluid, but I had plenty of fluid. She was fine. Like everything was perfect. Like I wasn't having any complications. The one of the reasons they tell you they start to get worried, quote unquote, is because the stillbirth rate goes up 0.06% every single day when you're going past 42, which is not that much, which is not nothing at all. Basically, I could have gotten another ultrasound and go and gone a few more days, but I think at the time, just mentally, I was, I was like, I want this baby. I want, I want her to be born. And I, and that's when I decided to go to the hospital, like the next day. So on Tuesday, I could have pushed it to Friday, but I just went on Tuesday. So I got there, but at the whole time, I didn't, it didn't, never felt like hundred percent right. It was kind of like, ugh. Like, I don't want to be here, but I guess I, ha- I have to be here, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. I could have just been like, oh, you know, I'm going to do a free birth and like, I don't need a midwife. I don't need anyone. And I just like do just it myself. It. But I don't, I don't think I was there mentally, like the mental toughness. I didn't have that at the time. Um, so I got to the hospital and I was like, okay, I don't want, I want to try to use the least interventions as possible. So that evening, Tuesday evening, they like inserted a folly tube. That's it, basically like makes you more dilated and it gives you contractions. And if your body's ready, it will like kick in labor and like your body will will go into labor basically. So that was like the most natural thing that they could do at the hospital. So they did that and I had that for 12 hours. Didn't really, you know, after, after the 12 hours, it, the, the effect went away. So that's when I got induced with Pitocin. Hmm. So Pitocin is a stronger drug that basically puts your body into labor and it gives you contractions. So the contractions, the idea is that the baby, you know, makes it starts making its way down the birth canal and like eventually be born. So I was on Pitocin for another day and this whole time having contractions in labor, But like I didn't want the epidural. The epidural is the drug that basically numbs you out. So Mm -hmm. you're numb from your waist down and you won't feel anything. And then during those 24 hours, they broke my water because I had so much fluid. My water hadn't broke and she was really high up like and like she wasn't descending down in my pelvis. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason why I wasn't having natural contractions at the end of that day, when I was in labor induced with Pitocin, that's when that's when I finally decided to get the epidural because the contractions were super strong and I was really tired. You can't eat when you're on Pitocin. So I was basically living on like coconut water, I hadn't slept for two days. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to get the epidural because I don't want to feel pain anymore. Yeah. And still I wasn't really. So when you give birth, you dilate to 10 centimeters. Mm. You have to get to nine. That's when like usually you're ready to push. And I was stuck at five for like two days. So that's when I got the epidural to see if like, okay, maybe they can crank up the Pitocin so I can get stronger contractions and I'm not going to be feeling them. But when they tried to do that, like her heart rate started slowing down Colette's heart rate. Mm-hmm. So they weren't even able to like increase the Pitocin much. So it didn't really do anything. Like I had, I had the epidural for three hours at the end and I was still stuck at five centimeters. And, and then that's when they came and they're like, yeah, I think now it's the option we have as a C-section. And I, And I, yeah, at the time I was, you know, had, I had been in labor for 30 hours. I was so tired and I was just like, I want to get this over with. I don't want to be induced with more drugs and all those drugs are going to my baby too. So I was just like, let's just get it over with. And yeah, so it was a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. It was like the, you know, the, the thing that I least imagined possible that would happen like i never crossed my mind that i would have a c-section i was not prepared for that mentally at all
0: yeah it was not on your radar no 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 no, you were gonna give birth supernatural and
1: yeah i was have a i was gonna have a home birth with my tub and you know have my diffusers and my essential oil like my music and like (laughs) play a sound bowl (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, it It makes me
0: think like what what like way back in the day how Intense it would be if you didn't have all those things to help you. Yeah, you know, like C-section. It's like women go through some gnarly. That's a gnarly experience, especially if you didn't have all that support as well. And it already was very intense.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of like I, I always that's exactly what I like. What I learned about when you go to the hospital, you, I guess, your rate, your chance of getting a C-section is like thirty-three percent or something. So because all of those inductions, lead, most of them lead to a C-section. Got it. So now looking back, I just don't think that she was ready or I was ready because it was a completely normal pregnancy. Like everything was fine. She was good. I was good. I wasn't having any complications. It wasn't like, oh, something's going wrong. So we need to like induce
0: you like everything was perfect so just be patient don't don't let doctors and people yeah. freak you out about how much time it's taking
1: exactly like i feel like this whole 42 week thing is just a number that you know they apply it to everyone and everyone's so different so now i think i would like just hire a provider that would be okay with me going past 42 or 43 you know or maybe a little past 43 weeks in the future and also have a little like trust my body more and like trust that the process because back in the day, I think there wasn't any week thing. It There was no like, oh, what week are you or yeah. anything? It was just like, oh, oh, contractions are coming. The baby's coming. You know, like that's yeah, the it. body
0: or life is going to tell us when it's it, ready to exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. like, OK, the calendar says, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah. So now usually you get scheduled like, oh, you're going to have your baby this day. And a lot of it is like, you know, the hospital's agenda or, you know, the doctors, when's their day off? When's the, when are they on call? It's so, a procedure. Yeah. And C-section is a major surgery. I mean, it's like you, they, you pass all the layers of the skin. Wow. So it's like huge. Like they cut all the way to the inside of your body like i have pictures of when they like they took her out and like they opened everything up and then just it's crazy it's
0: wild all the stomach muscle all of it
1: everything everything
0: how has it been recovering from that
1: honestly it's been good physically i feel like my body has just recovered really well
0: good i know you've been doing a lot of pelvic floor work yeah how has that been helping
1: good you're good yeah i think like don't know I I feel like my body heals very good like very it's just I think because of the lifestyle that I lead also it just my body's very healthy so I think it's been more of like the mental healing that I wasn't prepared for that like that's been a little bit tougher but physically I mean I was I started to do walks like around two weeks and then Took me a little bit of time to start working out, but now that I'm, I feel like I'm getting more in the groove of it, like my everything feels fine. Like I feel, I feel really good.
0: I love that. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, we talked about it being a transformational experience. What was, you know, what was the experience of meeting Colette for the Mm -hmm. first time? And, you know, now that you've given birth, how have you just changed, you know, as a human being?
1: I've become a lot more selfless. Like it's not just about me, I mean first, I think about her now, so now I'm learning that balance of like, okay, I still need to take care of me first before I can take of some take care of someone else mm. um but yeah that that's like the first word that comes to me. It's like selflessness because you don't it's it's not about my my drama or like what's happening with me. it's like now I get to take care and protect another human being and now I'm thinking of like how am I going to educate her what am I going to teach her like what 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 is the example that I want to that I want to set for her like now it's not just of like oh I'm gonna listen to this music because I I want to listen to it no it's like now it's like a baby's listening to this too you know another person so do I want them to listen to this (laughs) or or maybe maybe it's not that a that good idea you're yeah. like
0: thinking way bigger way more long term oh now. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's a, it's a bigger picture now it's not just like about me 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 me, which is really nice honestly
0: and so what was the feeling when you first met her like describe the that first
1: feeling i was in shock like i couldn't believe like oh my gosh is this actually real and then just like Ah, admiration so much um just love obviously like this unconditional love that you feel and I just felt grateful and extremely grateful to life and I felt like I don't know it's just it really it came to complete me in a way that I didn't know was possible that I didn't know I needed. She came to fulfill like a very special place in my heart. So yeah, it's been great. It's been really good. And I feel like I've really enjoyed every, everything. I've, the first, the first weeks I was in a complete baby bubble and yes, you there's like hard moments just because everything is new and you suddenly have a baby that you have to take care of and that wakes up every hour you know, around the clock and you're not sleeping at all. And you, you barely have time to even like brush your teeth or, you know, eat or take a shower. But it's, it's really, it's really beautiful. And it's, it's crazy how they're such a small little being, like their body's so tiny, but their spirit is so big. Mm-hmm. So even when you go into a room and you, their, their presence is there, like it fills the whole the whole room, even though they they're just sleeping or they're just like, you know, they're so tiny.
0: That's incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then after that, you said you the physical part was pretty easy to recover from. Mm-hmm. But the mental and emotional, not so much.
1: Yeah, I think because I was just part of the the reason was because I wasn't prepared for it and then also letting go of of that of like oh it didn't happen the way I wanted it and and turning that story into into well maybe she, she chose to come this way for a reason like looking at the lessons instead of trying to instead of feeling regret or guilt or whatever just like embracing what happened and like seeing the lessons like what can I learn from this what would I do different and seeing the beauty in it as well because I think that the person that I was then is not the person that I am now and I think now like going what I what I went through knowing knowing what I what I went through I wouldn't I would just make other decisions and And I also think like, there is a greater purpose too. like, I've, because I share my life on social media, once I shared my birth story, like so many women go through what I went through, because that's the medical system. Like that is, that's usually what happens at hospitals. Um, So I think that if I can use, like if my story can be a testament or a a, a testimony of like, for my next pregnancy of my plan is to have a V-back like you can, that it can happen. And, and I think, yeah, I just think that God's going to use my story for a greater purpose as well. That and just letting go of, of, of this expectation that I had of me and like seeing that she's, she's here, she's healthy I'm good, you know. Everything's perfect. Like, yes, it wasn't what I planned, but at the end, I got a baby, yeah. too. So, yeah.
0: And do you, did you suffer also from depression and anxiety from uh, other than those thoughts?
1: I feel like anxiety. Yes, I don't. I think I definitely felt like the baby blues, which I think is pretty normal. Just what? Because, what is
0: that? So it's postpartum depression or anxiety? Yeah. What? Why does that occur?
1: i think big part of it is the your hormones i mean you're just hormones are all over the place you're sleep deprived you don't sleep i mean the first month you don't i i I wouldn't sleep like through like two hours straight was like the most i slept and that's a lot for some women they don't sleep they maybe sleep three hours and the whole day you know
0: so the hard part does not end after birth No, (laughs) it just begins. Yeah, it begins.
1: And I think a big part of it is sleep deprivation. I think that's a big part of the baby blues too, because it's, it's, it's a big duality. It's like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much joy and happiness. But at the same time, it's like, this is hard. You know, it's a lot of work. It's very demanding. They, they need you for literally everything. And they are just coming out of the womb, adjusting to this new world, So for them, everything is like uncomfortable. Like they cry a lot at the beginning Mm -hmm. and because they, they, they're, they're out of their bubble. Like they're, they were cozy inside and now they have to deal with being hungry and like going to the bathroom and like, they don't know how to, how to soothe themselves to sleep. You know, it's like this whole new world for them. They want to be held all the time because That's what they were used to in the womb. They were always being like, in a way, being held. And now they, like, for the first first month, I couldn't put down Colette. Like, I had to be holding her, like, the whole time. So that's, it's just, it's just a lot. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: And I know you also had kind of complications with breastfeeding or that was challenging.
1: Yes. So I think a big part of the reason for that was that, because of the birth i had i was just in all of the drugs like the the more natural y- your birth the birth that you can have the easier breastfeeding will be because your baby also comes out kind of drugged you know from all these yeah it makes sense yeah the pitocin the epidural the anesthesia all of this like is going into your baby so i think that was a part of it just like the the traumatic long labor that I had and all of the drugs that it wasn't it was it was hard for her to latch at the beginning. So usually when a baby comes out, they will latch within the first hour and start nursing. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't really able to latch. And another part was that my nipples were kind of flat, so mm-hmm. that made it a little bit harder for her, quote unquote, which shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that That, that, that was like, that wasn't a good start to our nursing relationship. So then I was given this nipple shield, which is like a, it creates like the, like a, it's like a, it's made out of silicone and it has like a nipple form to it. So then the baby's able to latch. So the first two days, usually colostrum is coming out of your, of your breasts, which is a very dense and thick milk. It's basically drops. Hmm. um because their stomach is there is like a it's very tiny it's like i don't know like this they, they they probably eat an ounce of milk of like of colostrum in the whole day Whoa. the first day yeah it's very very small so colostrum is and it's like it's called like liquid gold because it's very it's lo, it looks like gold usually after two three days that's when your milk comes in hmm. so your milk changes from colostrum and it becomes more bountiful and it turns into milk. So my milk when it was supposed to come in at day three, didn't come until day 10. Okay. So it took many days for my milk to come in.
0: You think it's mostly probably from the drugs?
1: I think from the birth. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Yeah. And because I was using that nipple shield. So usually what, what makes the milk come down is the baby suckling on the breast. Mm. So that sends a signal to your brain to produce milk so because i i had that nipple shield thing the 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 nip the, the, the silicone yeah it wasn't i wasn't getting that straight contact from colette to let my body know and i was really tired from the from the surgery i hadn't really i didn't really eat like the first week because i couldn't I was, I was so tired and you need to eat like you need, like you need that nutrition to produce milk. So since my milk wasn't coming in, I started supplementing like since day three, because she needed to eat with donor milk. So my friends donated breast milk to me. So I was able to supplement with that. And then my milk finally came in, but ever since ever since the beginning I've had low milk supply issues and because her latch wasn't great she had a lip tie she was very slow at the breast she would fall asleep often and and so that wasn't that wasn't telling my body to produce more milk and I also had breast reductions two breast reduction surgeries when I was in, in 2013 so there could have been some nerve damage there as well. So then because of the nerve da- the nerve damage doesn't send send as many signals to my brain to like produce it. There could be a few problems, but so now, you know, 4 months in, I I do breastfeed her, mm-hmm. but I supplement with donor milk or formula that we make we make at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I guess she gets like fifty percent of her intake from me, and then fifty percent from from supplementation.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, you got the best of world, both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both, right? Yeah. How
0: long do you think you'll plan on breastfeeding?
1: As long as we both want. Like, I'm open to doing it for a year, for two years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think that also, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it it it's it definitely your hormones aren't the same when you're breastfeeding so um yeah just I, I like I feel like it gets easier it will get easier as time goes by because they slowly after after the first 11 months they start they they don't they're not drinking as much milk they're eating other foods so it gets a little bit easier but I feel like at the beginning, it is very demanding on your body, just nutritionally, because, and, and yeah, just your body's producing milk. So it's it's a lot of your body's, I don't know, it's demanding a lot from your body. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So how are you doing with everything now?
1: I feel really good. I feel like in a really good place. I started seeing a therapist to heal my birth trauma, mm-hmm. which has really helped. And the whole breastfeeding thing was a struggle for me the first months, but now I feel like we're in a good flow. She likes, she's latching well, she feeds well.
0: I love it. You're starting to lift weights again. You guys got a squat rack in your garage, which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I love it.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah. We're so proud. Thank you. Yeah. Dorian set up this whole gym and I just started using it. And we we're both want we want to get more into it. So we got we got the setup for now.
0: That'll help a lot with hormones. Just yeah, get some of that resistance training.
1: I want I want that. My body's craving it. You can probably now. feel it. Yeah. 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 I feel it. So it
0: sounds like the main message is like really just let your body guide you.
1: Yeah, and even yeah, listening to your body to your intuition. I feel like that even as a mother is so important because. You have to be, you're, you're making decisions all the time. What's the best for for your baby, right? For you, for your family. So no one knows except for you. Like there's so many, there's so many ways of doing things and it's, there's not a right way for everyone. Like Everyone's just so different. So doing what's best for you, I think is best because happy mom, happy baby. So that's right. one thing that I'm really learning of like how important it is to make time for myself as well.
0: Yeah, and leading to that, right now, you have a nanny watching Colette.
1: Yes. Which
0: was your nanny <laughs> when you were eight. Yeah. I think this is the ultimate hack ever. Training so many moms and a lot of Mexican women. I'm like, dude, they have it so fucking figured out. It's like, I'm for sure. It's a cheat code beyond cheat codes. Yeah, right. I know. Tell me about that in Mexican culture.
1: So in Mexican culture, it's just very common to have like... I mean, you you have help for not for everything, but you have help for a lot. And it's just, it's just normal. Like all my friends that live in Mexico have, have live-ins, have, have a woman that is there to help them with, with their kids and their babies. Like it's this idea that I'm not going to try to do everything by myself because there's no way that's going to happen like, and embracing that. So I think there's obviously a balance too, because i was raised that way um but i was also i feel spoiled because i i I, you know i wasn't really taught to like clean up after myself or make my bed or cook for myself like all like i had everything done for me Mm. when i was little and and i don't want that for 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 my for my children like i want them to pick up after themselves like wash their own dishes or make their bed, you know, things like this that I feel like Dorian and I really balance each other out well. And I've learned a lot from his culture, too, where he was taught to do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you more self-sufficient and like better prepared for life um, once you're out of the house. So I think it's great to have help, but also it's very important to for me to instill in my children like to be self-sufficient as well. Yeah. Give them some
0: responsibilities.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's great that I can have someone watch Colette for an hour while I work out, you know, and that's, it makes my, it makes, makes me feel healthier, like mentally better. And I can be a better mom for her. And I
0: I think American culture, there's a lot of like martyr, like Mm. you know, mothers feel like they need to, or we're, I don't know, in our American culture, at least. When I was growing up, it's like the mom has to do everything Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pressure on that. And if there's no grandparents, like they got to do everything. And yeah, yeah, I could see how, yeah, if you had time to go do whatever you need to do, take care of yourself and have some fun. It's like you're just going to bring more, even better energy into the home. Oh, for sure. And be able to give more presence and and more energy to the kids yeah yeah it makes total sense
1: yes and it's not about having someone else raise my kid like i'm i'm the one that's raising them but it's like those little moments during the week that i'm able to just be with myself like make me a better mom and i'm grateful that i can have that like i know that's not everyone and it's not you know sometimes easily as accessible Mm -hmm. so i think that having a community is really important i think back in the day that's what we had like we lived near people mm. where hey can you watch my kid for an hour you know like friends and family lived lived close by so um i think that that is like our goal to have in the future where we can live close to friends and we can have that community aspect that is so important
0: yeah, I think community is a key piece that I've learned in the last year or two because of the pandemic, how important it is to have people around you, mm-hmm. and especially as I get older, raising a family or just your own mental and emotional well being. Yeah. Right? I agree. And you guys I are agree. in the process of building your own place.
1: Yeah. We're building a house, it's getting closer. It's been, we've honestly taken our time. We're not really rushing anything. So we're right now picking out all the materials and hopefully start construction like in the next two months or something
0: what is your vision with your house and are you having friends also build near you
1: we are we i I live close to friends yeah yeah and some more friends are moving close to us there you go yeah so it's gonna be cool it's gonna be a one-story house and we're we designed it to how we want it like our needs so it's yeah and we're
0: what are some key things you've like taken out that a lot of people normally have and you've added in?
1: So, we're not having any a microwave. There's not going to be a place for a microwave in the kitchen. Cool. <laughs> That's like, I don't know, a random thing. Um, we're not going to have Wi-Fi, so it's going to be like a it's not going to be a smart home. It's going to be just yeah, we're trying to limit the amount of radiation that we can. We're um, making it a point to use um, materials that are free from toxic, from toxins. Mm. Um, And yeah, those are like the big things. We want lots of light, obviously. And we're bringing in some things from Mexico to add like kind of like a Mexican flair to it. Love it. And yeah, that's it. We're making, we're building a gym. So we're going to have a gym, which is, I'm very excited for it. Yeah.
0: And then your sonic cold plunge. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dream too. It's like if you had your gym, sonic cold plunge, and yeah. I love the one story idea. That's that's mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, and a community. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And just slow down and live life. Oh yeah. Is that kind of your what is your vision? Vision.
1: Yeah. Just I mean I feel like we'll live there for a, I don't know how long we'll be there, but I think I think in the future I would love to live in a place with just more land. Mm. Um and a little bit more out of the city. Keep gradually going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Keep gradually going. <laughs> over. But I think this is like this, this has been a great, a fun project, and I think it'll be good for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited mm-hmm. to check it out when it's. Yes, so, you have to cut. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, is there any advice for new mothers or new women who are newly pregnant uh, that you have?
1: I think. The biggest advice that I have is to, I think food is really important. And I think there's this, I don't know, this idea around when you're pregnant, you just eat whatever you want. And I think really dialing down on good nutrition during pregnancy is so important because you are what you eat. And that's not just nourishing your body. It's also nourishing your baby. Mm. So even when they're born, like they're gonna crave the foods that they ate during the womb. Mm-hmm. So setting that foundation for them since since pregnancy is so important. Um, one f- book that I recommend is Real Food for Pregnancy. Mm. It was really it's I, I really liked it. So that's one thing, and even like for postpartum, it just sets a good foundation as well, um, and for life. And for, you know, when you raise kids and just nutrition and like the types of foods that you have in your house, um, being very conscious of that, like before you bring a baby into this world, because a lot of the disease that we have nowadays comes from the foods that we're eating. So you no know, processed oils and just looking at the, like, where's your food coming from? So that's one thing. And then Another thing is I feel like during when you're, when you're pregnant, you, if you go to the hospital or with a midwife or you just, you have a care provider that you just trust for everything and like literally just listen to whatever they say, like I would say, do a research on your own, like learn about birth, learn about labor, like learn about these things. Don't just believe everything that, you know, someone is telling you because, you can make decisions for for yourself too. Like I feel like as women, we have lost a lot of this um, innate um, power that, or just yeah, intuition that we have within us, and we place a lot of our trust in other people outside of us. So I think listening to that a little bit more is important as well. And um, yeah, having a supportive team. I highly recommend getting a doula. Very helpful.
0: Anything about yeah. placenta?
1: I know yeah. you have,
0: you capsuled your placenta. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I, my doula dehydrated it and made it into capsules. It's great for so hormone balancing. Doula could do that for you. Yeah, yeah. It's great for hormone balancing. Great for postpartum. I feel like it gives me energy. Um, I I was planning on eating it raw. <laughs> But mm-hmm. since I didn't have a home birth, I wasn't able to do that. Mm. But I was going to put it in a smoothie and eat it, like, right after giving birth. That was my plan. I mean, animals eat it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got one opportunity to do it. Might as well. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to help with what? Hormones and...
1: Hormone balancing, energy, breastfeeding, too. It helps with milk production. Oh,
0: yeah. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. Last question. When is the second baby? <laughs>
1: Um, we, Dorian and I were actually talking about that today. So because I had a C-section, you ideally have to wait a year and a half okay. after to really heal. Yeah, to, so everything can heal to have a successful V-back as well because my my idea is to have a vaginal birth after. Mm-hmm. Um at home. And so if I think I, I think I'll wait like a year and 4 months, so November, November, December, January. I don't know, the beginning of next year sometime Exciting. yeah we'll start trying yeah I'm for <laughs> because you. i'm 33 i'm gonna be 33 already so i want to have them before i'm 36 ideally okay yeah i love
0: it yeah well i feel like i've learned a lot <laughs>
1: Yay! awesome <laughs> yeah and i'll continue <laughs> no. to ask questions and learn okay. more cool
0: uh thank you so much for being here thank you too I, friend i always appreciate your time And when the second baby comes, we'll do it again.
1: Yes, we will. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you, Vanna. Pregnancy truly is a miraculous thing. Guys, thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. I want to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at BodiesByBrentATX or TikTok BodiesByBrent or send me an email at Brent at BodiesByBrent.com. I want to hear from you. Where are you struggling most in your life to achieve the fitness, the health, and the lifestyle that you want? I want to produce episodes that give you actions you can take that motivate you, inspire you to reach your goals and achieve the life that you want. You got one life. You got one shot at this. Let me help you. Shoot me a message. I'm always here. I hope to produce some episodes that create a big impact in your life. Thank you so much. and I'll see you on the next one.